Welcome to Conversations and Connections with HBA Canada, the podcast that gives you access to industry leaders and offers valuable insights for career growth. We will be bringing you monthly episodes that include interviews with influential leaders and HBA members from healthcare and the life sciences where they will offer career insights and key lessons they've learned. We will also be bringing you discussions highlighting essential career topics like networking, mentorship, finance, and more. Our podcast gives HPA members a chance to learn and grow together in their careers and their personal lives. Be part of the conversation as we aim to achieve our goal of getting more women into leadership roles. So don't delay and join us. Welcome, esteemed members of the HBA Canada, to another empowering episode of our podcast series, where we spotlight trailblazers shaping the landscape of healthcare and leadership. I'm thrilled to be your host, Christina Bellier, and today we have an extraordinary guest who epitomizes the spirit of empowerment and innovation. Joining us is Chloe Caron, a multifaceted executive coach, entrepreneur, speaker, and author whose unwavering dedication to women's empowerment and inclusive leadership has left a mark on the industry. Her signature conferences, Osez-vous proposer femme en tête, and innovative movements like Empower Your Team and Dare to Empower, Chloe has championed diversity, empowerment, and innovation to transform corporate cultures worldwide. As the acclaimed host of Confessions of Leader podcast and sought-after contributor to publications like Les Affaires, Chloe's insights and expertise continue to inspire professionals across the globe. Her impact has been recognized on a global scale, earning her accolades such as being named one of the 10 most influential business leaders making a difference in 2021 by World Leaders Magazine. In today's episode, we have the privilege of delving into Chloe's remarkable journey and exploring the transformative power of her work, from her best-selling books to her pioneering initiatives. We'll uncover the strategies and insights driving positive change in leadership and women's empowerment. But beyond her achievements, we'll also examine broader trends and challenges in the realm of healthcare leadership as we seek to glean actionable takeaways for our own professional journeys. So buckle up, HBA members, as we embark on a captivating conversation with Chloe, exploring the pathways to empowerment, innovation, and success in today's healthcare landscape. Chloe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Christina. We always like to start with the why. I'll make sure I I link where you can buy her books, the website, the podcast, everything will be linked in the show notes. I would just love to hear more about your journey, why you're so passionate about empowering women leadership. Yes, I love that question. And we could do probably like an hour just on the purpose. And I like it. I like to call it your intention. Like, what's your intention Mm. when you do something? Because it changes the outcome considerably if you're doing it with intention A or intention B, and both can be really good, but it really drives everything else. My own journey, which drove my intention and my purpose, is I was raised by a single mom who was always talking about how women could and should, it wasn't even a choice to be really honest in my home, should go as far as they wanted. My mom did not have that chance. And so she probably lived it 
through me, but she absolutely want, wanted me and other women to go as far as they could express their full potential. So it's funny because it took me a couple of years to realize how much she had an impact on me and the work that I do. So that's where it all started. But empowerment and coaching really came about in my life when I was actually a manager. I was 15 years uh, in a pharmaceutical company and I discovered coaching. I discovered how you can help others be successful. It's no longer me that needed to be successful as a, an individual contributor, but I had the power to actually ignite the power within others. And that for me, it blew my mind when I discovered that. And I really wanted to make a difference in that field. And it's been, as I was telling you before we, we started the recording, it's been 10 years, 10 years. Wow. That I made that shift. Yeah. That's, that's amazing and huge congratulations. And I always find, I feel so lucky in terms of having people like you now, because there's sometimes when you're looking for that really strong sort of female mentor, especially early in your career, it's so great to have. And I, I want to say to listeners, it's never too late to work with a coach, work with a mentor, because there's benefits throughout your entire career for doing so. So I mentioned books, you've written two books. Talk to us a little bit. Again, they'll be linked. It's Empower Your Team, Dare to Empower. But what sort of inspired you to write them? And what are some of the key messages that you would hope readers would take away? Yeah, for sure. So I'll give you the backstory of when it all started, actually, when I was started to think about writing the book. I was in Maine, actually, Maine, USA, and I was walking on the beach and a message came through me and I said, oh, I need to share that message. And that's when we started the Empower Your Team book and the programs and everything that kind of followed that. But the key message with both books, actually, is, as, as obviously, it's obvious, the word empowerment is the driving kind of a line here, which for me says, you have the power within yourself. And the difference between those two books, Empower Your Team, is as a leader, you have the power, and I would say the responsibility probably even, to actually ignite power within others. That's your role, to inspire them, to express their full potential, to really tap into their power so that as a team, you create mm -hmm. that collective intelligence, that collective passion, that collective engagement, so that we come together and be stronger. For Dare to Empower, it's somewhat different because it's really inviting women to express the power in themselves completely, like my mom invited me to do, with five keys. In both books, narrowed my methodology in five keys because I thought it was simple. I like simple things. I like things that can be implemented that you can read and say, yeah, you know what? It might not be extremely easy because I have to make some shifts, but it's simple enough that I will be able to implement them in my life. And so that's the mindset behind those two books. Absolutely. And before we jump in, I I saw an interesting stat this morning where it said one third of people would be willing to leave their job for the same amount of money, which mm -hmm. sort of makes me think that's probably due to lack of a multitude of things, obviously. So 
When you talk about igniting that power and sort of the managers should be taking this on, what do you find is the biggest barrier? Or are you seeing maybe companies are more looking to do more of these? Or is it still a bit of an upward battle sometimes to make sure that companies are doing these programs to ignite passion, to empower their workers? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I've got so much stuff to (laughs) to say on that because you're right. So if people are willing to leave their job for the same amount of money, it means that it rarely is about the money, like rarely. And it's all about how do I feel like I'm living my purpose or I'm living a purposeful journey, a work journey. And mm-hmm. not to say that it relies on the manager and the leader solely, obviously not at all. But uh, if you read in my book, 70% of the climate that is created in a team really is the reflection of that leader, which is a lot, which mm-hmm. is a lot. And not to put any additional pressure because they have a lot of pressure leaders. <laughs> It's an opportunity to say, okay, if that's the impact that I have, then what kind of culture, climate do I want to create in order for people to not only come, but stay and thrive and really be successful? And to your question, I've around how much companies are investing, they're investing uh, money, they are investing time. The challenge these days is that because we're cutting because people are have exited the workforce in ways, we are doing three, four, five jobs. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we are absolutely at the other spectrum of being what I call a leader coach. We are in the trenches doing the job alongside with them. Right. And in a way, we have no choice. But that being said, That is also an excuse for us as leaders not to elevate ourselves and not to play at the right level. And when we do that, that's when people feel they don't have their, they cannot play in their sandbox fully, like in the four corners of it. And they've got to stay focused on the middle, in the middle of it, playing it safe and not feeling empowered back to that. And I would say, It's not because you're busy that you should not invest. Actually, it is because you're busy that you should absolutely make sure that your leaders are playing at the right level with the right leadership approach. Absolutely. And yeah, exactly. It's like that seen, valued, heard, respected thing. And and I think you hit the sort of nail on the head. And like you said, people are taking and wearing more hats in their roles. So something like this, like, that could make all of the difference in switching that person's perspective. And and part of your business is you, you offer that to corporations as well to go in or how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So we have for leaders in general, not our female leaders, but with leaders in general, we have two programs. I like to work at the top. So we're very privileged at O2 Coaching. We have amazing clients that are that are really conscious about the impact that an investment in their leaders can have. And so we work usually with the executive teams and then with the rest of the leaders. So we're changing cultures across the board. That's where it starts, obviously. And Mm -hmm. so we would work 
as one team with the executive team. And then we would train through our Empower Your Team program, the rest of the leaders. And we start by acknowledging our impact, thinking about what what kind of legacy we want to leave as leaders, what kind of culture we want to create, and then who do we need to be as leaders and what are the tools that can allow us to have that impact. And so we explore that in, in our programs for sure. And so I just, when you're thinking about the landscape now of you've got this sort of hybrid workspace, um, the remote when, when we're looking at these programs, how do they impact those different situations of potentially a company being fully remote to a company that has hybrid workers? How has that sort of changed things? I find your question very interesting because when COVID hit and we all went home and our, my clients and, and every organization realized that we could still do a lot of things remote. And that was fantastic mm. because it, it broadened the impact that we could have and that they themselves could provide to their organization. So we did our Dare to Empower with women from uh, Verizon across the world, same with CAE across the world, women from Australia, from Dublin, from Houston. And that's like amazing because it really creates inclusion and diversity to mm -hmm. its highest perspective. I really thought that was great. Now we're seeing kind of the limits or we felt the limits of being solely remote. So Mm -hmm. That combination, that that coexistence between being remote and being face to face is, in my mind, the perfect match. And we can offer both, which is great. So we are and I find benefits in doing both. Like when we mm -hmm. are remote, I see everybody's faces and reaction on the screen and they're at the same time. And so I can have a good sense. And so can everybody else as they look into the screen. It's easier to take some time to make sure that everybody speaks because, again, we're we're looking at that. But there's nothing that beats being together and feeling another human being. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So both are possible and both provide a lot of value. And we should I think we should not stop ourselves from growing because of an environmental in that sense mm -hmm. question of what's our are we remote? Are we face to face? use whatever is your configuration and work with it. That's what I would say. <laughs> so I kind of, you mentioned the five C's. So I wanted to jump into that too. Looking at that, looking at the implementation of the model. So talk to us a little bit about how you came up with this. I love that you said, keep it simple. My dad's always keep it simple. Yes. He calls it the kiss approach. <laughs> but yeah, talk to us a little bit about more the key factors, how it's effectiveness in driving this change and what you see when you're implementing this with your clients. Absolutely. So do you want me to talk about empower your team five C's or do you want me to talk about the five keys of dare to empower for women? Ooh, do we have time for both? I feel like they're both going to be really good <laughs> guys. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I recommend both of these books. I'm going to order them today. Honestly, I, I think you're amazing. <laughs> so maybe we'll try both. Okay. <laughs> Oh, let me let me do the the quick version of it. Empower your team 5C in both of those books, actually. The first key or the first C is it starts with you. As a leader, as a woman taking your full power within your hands, it starts with you. You cannot, as I said earlier, take the environment and hope that the environment will change in order for you to have the right conditions to be your authentic, fully empowered self. That is not a reality. So you really have to take a bit of time to be self-conscious, self-aware, reflect 
on who am I as a leader? Who am I as a woman? And what do I want to do? And what do I want to have as impact? So that's the first C. Moving on to the, the second C of empower your team is creating the right conditions. Once I've worked on myself, if you will, thinking about what leadership style I wanted to have, the impact that I want to have, then I have to start thinking outside of me and start thinking about what conditions, what's the climate that I'm creating within my team? Am I creating an environment where it's safe for people to be fully themselves, to have trust amongst themselves? Or am I creating a climate where people feel like I better off, I'm better off talking about the topics that really matter outside of the meetings because in the meetings, I don't have that space or it's not safe or I don't know how it'll be taken. Those conditions really are the key for having successful teams and engaged teams, obviously. And I think a lot of leaders do not spend enough time thinking about first who they are, but also what kind of conditions they're putting in place to build that trust and be, again, intentional with it. The third C is there's different ingredients to, to create that fabulous cake of a, of a performing team. But truly, one of the ingredients that you, I, in my mind, you cannot go without is being a leader coach. Mm -hmm. You absolutely have to be a leader coach, which is not an easy thing because we've been trained all of our lives to be individual contributors, to have the answer to it all. But with AI coming our way more and more, it's actually impossible to have all the answers. So it's actually a great era for being a leader because our job then becomes to ignite that in others. Mm -hmm. Those who have the answers and who can find the answers and having them figure this out for themselves and as a team. And so that's the third C. And I said it's simple, but it's not easy to become a leader coach that I'm very aware of that. It takes intention, dedication and training, I would say, to learn the art, the art and science of being a, a good leader coach. But once you've discovered that, Oh my God, it's fabulous. <laughs> Love it. The fourth key is having a team contract and establishing a team contract. You have to commit as a team to what it is that you want to accomplish, how you want to accomplish it, and hold yourselves, the group, accountable for delivering on that contract. And it seems a bit organized and it is but the more you're organized in your team contract the more flexibility and creativity and innovation you get out of your team because all these questions around are we should we be doing this way is this okay they are out of the way because they're all agreed upon and now I can only focus on being fully there present and delivering what I need to deliver and the fifth C is actually the culture that you will have created as you go through the other seas and the people will notice that as a team, let's say as a team of leader, you are, you are now serving the purpose of igniting and creating a, a diverse culture where we can have real conversations, where we can challenge each other in the best possible way 
and where people grow and are invited to contribute fully uh, to the discussion and performance. I'm like writing all of these down right now. <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> I, and then I thought I can just order the book and then highlight it. <laughs> I I love though that it starts with you and then especially the own it piece because I'm one of those people I know myself and I need it you need it written down you need to be accountable you need to have even time frames of this is when we're going to work on this because I think that's huge for success at least for people like me <laughs> for, sure, for sure and when we come together as a team so let's say we get a leadership team together we talk about their identity what they will be known for as a team. You can do the same for you individually, but what do you, we want to be known for and what will be our approach? We identify very clear, specific objectives and key PIs so that they can measure that on an ongoing basis. And that contract could be good for six months, a year, depending on the situation, and then you revisit it so that you create new objectives based on the context and new KPIs and new uh, rules of engagements. And yeah, I could talk about this for, yeah. So you have no. to stop. <laughs> so let's jump to the other five, um, just to give a really nice highlight. So then people can either look to see maybe they prefer one over the other and one book would be more of a fit than the other. So that yeah. would be really great. And a recent, uh, a frequent question that I get is if I wanted to read both, which one should I start with? Mm -hmm. And I would say it all depends. But if you're a woman listening to us, I would say read Dare to Empower because it really is working on yourself as a human being, as a woman, whether you are a leader or not, you're always a leader of self. And that is definitely the probably the best way to start. And then if you are a leader of others, then absolutely, I encourage you to read Empower Your Team because these are the, the tools that we've just talked about around, yeah, around empowering others and, and creating mm -hmm. a really powerful team. Oh, I love that. It's the five keys of Dare to Empower. Yes. It starts with you. It really does starts with you. And where do you have confidence in yourself? Where do you have less confidence in yourself? How can you express all parts of yourself? And ladies that are listening, this is the important stuff here. The imposter syndrome that we're, we're talking about it so much. It's not something that you need to get rid of. It's actually a lever. It's actually a friend. And I talk about this in the book, how you can use this as a friend to grow and really make sure that you build your confidence intentionally. That's the first key. The second key is, <laughs> is tr it's trans transcending the myth of perfection. And I'm laughing because just this week, Christina, I was coaching <laughs> two leaders of a team and we were doing a triads and a man and a woman. And I was actually asking them, how are you in integrating what we've talked about? In this case, it was actually being a leader coach. And the men right away said, ah, four out of five. And the woman said, two out of five. Oh, of course. <laughs> they're, they're both probably wrong, meaning 
They're probably a three, a three. And, but the woman, her expectations are so high. If it's not perfect, then she's a two. That's, and so that we need to transcend that because there are areas where we need to excel. There are areas where we just need to do the bare minimum and that's fine. And there are areas where we actually not need to invest any time. And to know this is critical so that you feel like you are yourself satisfied with yourself in where you feel you need to invest time and energy to create the impact that you want to have. And, and forget about being perfect. That's a waste of our time, <laughs> a waste of ever, ever energy and a waste mm-hmm. of our self-worth. Yeah, that's true. Hard to put into practice, but true yes (laughs) yes so there's very practical tools in the book really practical questions and you can write so it's a workbook the book yeah so you have play pages where you can write your notes you answer those questions in the actual workbook of the program you get even more of that it's really yeah it's a there's a lot of value and very practical again the third key is having your voice heard having your voice heard. What does that mean? Yeah, your ambition. What is your ambition? What are your successes? What do you want? What do you not want? When you're at the table in a meeting, your opinions, your views, uh, how do you influence? How do you negotiate? How do you make sure that you yourself understand what your voice is in order to have it heard? All of that, we cover that in that key number three. It's so powerful. And I cannot say enough how much I feel that women diminish their voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And we're not serving anyone when we do that. You give a voice to women, which is great, which is fantastic. <laughs> which is, no, but it's true, which is fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. Key number four, building your village. Yes building your village. So women will tell me, oh, I don't like that political game of building my network and having to talk to ABC. Nah, 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 nah. I say to them, we live, you, nobody's an island. Nobody's an island. So we interact with other people and therefore let's do it in the most authentic way possible mm-hmm. so that we're conscious that we are building our village. It's actually where we support each other we support them they support us there's nothing political in that building the village you can be strategic about it Mm -hmm. you can be intentional about it but it's not political but if you don't do it like a lot of women are staying away from the office these days oh they're staying home and work from home and who gets promoted the people that are in the office that are being seen and being heard and have a village. Mm-hmm. And my intention is not to say women go, I'll go back to work in the office, but I'm saying if you're not strategic about mm-hmm. who do you talk to, who do you see, who knows about your successes, who knows about. So I think we cannot think that we don't have to actually build that village, have our voice heard, and think that people will know what we've accomplished. 
and what our ambitions are and why we do what we do. There's mm -hmm. a whole communication there's in, in one of my blogs where I talk about the four elements of impactful communication and women just do one out of these four usually. And so in building your village and having your voice heard, we need to invest time in there. The fifth yeah. one, investing in yourself, actually, investing in yourself. And that is so many things. It's not thinking that your to-do list for work needs to start at eight and finish at five and not having time to invest in you. You laugh because yeah. <laughs> that's your reality. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> mm -hmm. And women are so focused on these to-do lists and I think sometimes we forget that it's not so much what we accomplish but the impact that we have mm -hmm. and sometimes it does take time to have the impact but sometimes it's just a phone call sometimes it's an a more strategic action that gets you to that same place or even further without having to fill all of your calendar with tasks which leaves you time to grow and grow is what is first of all is just taking time to think to yeah. relax to make some space in your head it's taking a course it's having a coach that can help you just make that space think about what it is that you want and how you want to go about doing that it's reading a book it's going to the spa it's sleeping going to the gym it's so many things, but it's mm -hmm. not working from eight to five nonstop and not thinking about how is this contributing to me becoming a better human being, a better contributor, a better leader, and having more joy or more satisfaction. These are the five keys, Christina. So I think that is super important to me. And I'll say this to HBA kind of group. I feel this is a book we should all read and then have a forum to discuss this. I'll encourage HBA members to read it with me and have those conversations. This is why we do this, is that let's all get involved and I'll, I'll have the link to where you can get the book. And if you do want to read it along with me, that's the book that I'll be reading in March. And I'll post, obviously reposting the podcast, but I'll post some thoughts as well. So I think that's going to be pretty amazing. I'm excited to get into it. I so love that you're saying this because when I wrote the book at the end of it, I say you can use it in different ways. You can read it for yourself. You can buy it for a friend. You can read it with a friend. You can read it with a group of people and you can have your whole organization read it so that we you have the same language and same understanding of it all. And therefore, we created a discussion guide that you can find on <gasps> my website to structure those conversations you you can do it however you want obviously but I thought you know let's make life easy simple yes <laughs> uh, or for people and say you know what the discussion guide is there there's a couple of questions you can focus on one key you could explore the five keys but for sure the conversations will be yeah Powerful. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like you said, being strategic and intentional and building confidence. Cause I think that's the one thing that I know I struggle with. I think that there's going to be a lot of insights to help people. I'm excited. Yeah. So if you, if you do say, okay, I need to speak with John, what is it that I want to talk to him about and how do we connect? Like truly mm -hmm. I'm not fake. I'm not, how can I stay myself, remain myself and yet 
create that connection with him or with her? And how does that serve us both would be my coaching here. And I really encourage everyone to, to find a coach or talk to people to see if there's a good fit, because I think that's what makes all the difference. And so it's really important. So like I said, I'll have all of the, you know, links to to your site and to coaching for you, for all of HBM members to reach out to Chloe. You've been recognized as one of the 10 most influential business leaders making a difference. And that was by World Leader Magazine. You're so confident. I just wanted you to share with the listeners sometimes insights to initiatives and strategies that's contributed to your confidence and everything that you're sort of... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so grateful for you for what you're saying, because it's a work in progress being confident. It's a work in progress. And the reason why I say your imposter syndrome should, you should make it your best friend is actually because the more you make it your best friend, the more it supports you taking risks and understanding what's the fear behind that risk so that you can equip yourself to move forward with confidence, even though you're afraid. Mm -hmm. So it's never... Being confident is never about saying, I know this, have this all figured out and it's all good. And no, it's actually, you were faced with the opportunity of saying, I can take that leap or I can stay in my comfort zone. And I choose to actually take that leap. And I understand there's fears there, but I'm going to equip myself to navigate through those. And that is that piece of conversation that goes in your mind it's the same conversation, I think, and I hope that will go in my mind for the rest of my life, because I hope to grow and I hope to contribute to the world more. And to do that, I need to get out of my comfort zone every single day. But as you do that, you, you can actually say, you know what? I can do that. I've done this. <laughs> I've done this in this situation. You know what? I've done this. So the first time I spoke in front of 100 per people, I was like, oh freaking out and <laughs> yeah. my mechanism my coping mechanism was and it still is to learn as many names as I can of that group so I can tap into I can engage them and I can tap into that connection so that they contribute to that conversation and I don't feel mm. so alone in front of the room so that's my coping mechanism it works really well in front of a thousand people, I cannot learn all the names, but I can learn a few and I can still create that connection in a different way. And so that that was the message that the imposter syndrome gave to me, said, how are you going to manage that? Oh, <laughs> here's a tool. Here's a tool for somebody else. It could be something else, but that's how we build that. I'm not answering fully your question, but I thought it was so important because I think when you're when you think someone is confident in front of you. You're, you, mm -hmm. you might be right, but never take that for granted that they've been given confidence and they know <laughs> it all. And every, there's mm -hmm. work behind this. There's intention and work and experiences also behind this. So, and so it's accessible to all of us, I guess, is my message here. Oh, that's fantastic. Like you said, it's working on that growth and women making time to work on that <laughs> yes. within our day. Yes. Um, just we've talked about so much so before we go I just wanted to open the floor up to what are your final thoughts for HBA members again we'll have all the links but what did you want to leave them with oh I love that question <laughs> I love that question 
I want to leave them with choose you. Choose you. It's funny because we're doing Dare for L'Oreal, Dare to Empower for L'Oreal Women. Oh, wow. And I was actually going through a couple of YouTube videos where you have celebrities talking about that phrase, I'm worth it. Mm -hmm. And they talk about what that means for them. And I think it's Kate Winslet who starts really well make makeup, make up, or I don't know how you say this, but she has a nice makeup, nice hair. And she's, as she speaks, she actually wipes her face where you see her naturally. And that's my invitation. You're worth it. Invest in yourself, believe in yourself. And when I say this, I truly mean to make space for who you are and who you want to be as much as possible so that you can be aligned with that and you can go in the world with that empowerment of yourself. That's brilliant. And I don't know about you HB members, but I feel so much more inspired. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Thank you. HBA members, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Conversations and Connections. Make sure to keep growing, push boundaries, and we'll see you next time.